Welcome to the Sisterhood of Secrets, a podcast meant to satisfy all of your mysterious, paranormal, and downright creepy desires. Follow us as we explore the unusual mysteries of the world. Hey guys, welcome back to the Sisterhood of Secrets. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Trevor, the IT guy. So we have a diff- different sister here today. Uh, your usual sister, Taylor, is not here this evening. Uh, she had a prior engagement, so we have a um, alternate coming in. We'll it's me. I'm the alternate. Yeah. Just the uh, just the extra guy. <laughs> so sister. The extra sister. So we're going to uh, talk about a spooky topic. Um, Trev's going to be a bit of a audience member here this evening, so you get to sh- he gets to listen firsthand. I'm here for the conversation. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm here for the conversation. I uh, don't know about uh, these things, but uh, here to listen and learn. <laughs> You've come to the right place. <laughs> All things spooky. Okay, so our topic this evening is going to be the Wendigo. Wendigo. That's like a it's like a hotel. Sounds like a hotel. It's not a hotel. It's a creature. Oh, a creature hotel. You've never heard of a Wendigo? I've never heard of a Wendigo. Okay. What is a Wendigo? I'm going to tell you. So a Wendigo actually goes by, you might hear different names. We've got the Wendigo, the Wittico, the Wintico, and the Wintigo. So you may hear it in different ways. Um and they all roughly translate to the same thing, which means the evil spirit that devours mankind. The evil spirit that devours mankind. Yes. Oh, okay. It's exciting for a hotel. Seems like a fun, fun little thing, doesn't it? Uh, it seems like a terrifying little thing, actually. Is it little or is it big? It's a big thing. It's a big thing. Of course it's big. It's always big. Why is it always big? Because if it was little, it wouldn't be so scary. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Guess you're right. <laughs> little things. I, mean, I don't know. There's there's some little scary things out there, like like a little imp. Or like bugs. Oh, bugs are not quite that scary. Worms. Worms. I hate worms. It's the slime. Uh, they're just fat in the middle or something, and like you don't know what side's their head, and that's too much. I was about to say, which side's the head? I don't know. You've got that flat spot on one side, but I'm not sure if that's is that the head or is that the is that the butt? <laughs> <laughs> Worm butts. <laughs> Worm like Winifred. <laughs> yeah, like Winifred, our dog. She's a baby <laughs> basset hound. He's very long, and she's called the worm. Yeah, she's got she's a worm butt. Yeah. So this creature is. It comes from the Algonquin nation, so the Ojibwe, the Eastern Cree, the South Salto, the West Main Swampy Cree, the Nascapi, and the Innu people. So these are all Native American tribes that are native to the Canadian, Southern Canada, and Northern United States area. Gotcha. So the Indian people created this? Well, it's a legend, and I'm going to tell you how it came to be. Okay, tell me. Okay. 
So there's many variations, but let me tell you what this thing looks like first before I get into how it was created. Because I think that the way this thing looks is creepy. Let's make a I'm, mind picture. Yeah, I'm closing my eyes and I'm envisioning what you're going to tell me. Okay, are you ready? As long as it has nothing to do with worms. <laughs> no worms. Okay. So there's many variations as to what this creature looks like and the powers that it can have. So sometimes Wendigos are described as super thin, exceptionally thin, and they have like the skull and skeleton pushing through this ash-colored tissue. Okay. Yeah, it's like mummy-like skin. You know, it's like gooey and sticky and there's bones sticking out and it's emaciated. So it's wet, not dry. Yeah, I think it would be wet. If we have like to describe a worm. It, if we have to describe it like that, we would say it's wet. Yay. Yeah, Taylor would get a kick out of this one. <laughs> yeah. So others describe the Wendigo as a well-fleshed giant. So that means that it's it's not falling apart and it's just really big. And it gets bigger and bigger the more it eats. Can we talk about what well-fleshed means? Is that what well-fleshed? That's what I was, yeah. It's just like well-fleshed. It's not falling apart. It's not. Chewing. Oh, oh, I get you. I get what I understand. I understand now. It's not like falling apart, like uh, like a mummy would fall apart because it dries out. So again. So this, it's not falling wet. apart. It's not. <laughs> let's leave wet behind and move on. Okay. Okay. So it has pointed ears sometimes. Or they say some of the descriptions or it has a pointed pointed animal like ears and others say it has antlers and horns sprouting from its head. I like to think of the horns one because it's more terrifying. Yeah, that's way more terrifying to I mean, just think about all the scary movies. They've always got like this haunting, tall, skinny, frail looking little creature with big horns and like a like a cow's head yes. or something, but and, like with antlers. It has really long fingers. Or that, and it could be just because it is so skinny that, you know, when something is really skinny, it just looks even Oh, longer. yeah, it's got like that, like that syndrome. I forget what that syndrome is, but uh, your extremities are really long and your fingers are really long. I'm not familiar, but sure. Yeah, sure. that's it's creepy. Yes. So it also yeah. has these deep, sunken eyes. Both of the descriptions, or not both, but many of the descriptions always say they have like this deep, sunken eye hole situation and they almost seem to like glow and their teeth are very sharp and pointy they have extremely bad breath and their body smells of decay which would make sense if it was eating things and maybe possibly desiccating yeah that's pretty disgusting i mean i imagine if you're eating people i guess you're that the flesh and stuff gets in its teeth and it kind of rots in there more than yeah so it's kind of putrid like a nasty little putrid creature thing yeah so not like a worm nothing like a worm it has a head it has a butt right it's got a butt it doesn't say and much about its butt no and from the sound of it it sounds like it's slimy too so yeah it's a little bit like a worm so wendigo's it says that sometimes they have powers and sometimes they don't. What does that mean? What kind of powers? 
Well, they have superhuman strength. Okay. And they also have like crazy good stamina. So they're able to stalk their prey. And so they'd have to be pretty good if they're going to be stalking humans. Because we're pretty intelligent creatures. They're not out hunting mice or, I don't know, rabbits. They're looking for us. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting about that is like maybe this creature and, and creatures kind of like it. They all, uh, they've all got really good stamina. Like they can just go for days, just running behind you, chasing you for days, right? But they're like rotten on the inside. So. What's the science behind that? Well, it's supernatural. Right. Yeah, there, there's some pseudoscience behind it. Yeah, some, some stuff. Some cryptozoology. Some stuff unseen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Secret stuff. Yeah. Secret powers. Um, they also have incredible hearing and a good sense of smell, and they're able to move with the speed of the wind. Mm. Yeah. Like wind as it varies or just like with the wind? Well, I think of it like, you know. We talking about a tornado here or we we talking about. It moves fast. Yikes. And they have the ability to walk across deep snow or open water without sinking. So they almost hover over the area. That sounds like a supernatural power to me. Also, it seems terrifying. Like, you can't even, you dive into a river and you're like, you can't get me. I'm in the water. Can you hear it? I mean, yeah, you could hear it, like, crunching leaves. Oh, I don't even know. It's does it crunch leaves or does it glide over them? Man, by the time you hear it, it's too late. You done been gobble, gobbled up by the worm thing. By the windigo. By the windigo. The windigo. It's because it moves like the wind. Oh, maybe that's what they... Yeah. You know, that's got to be something that's got to be tied into it somehow. Also, one of the scariest aspects, and Taylor found this one, is that Wendigos have the ability to mimic human voices in order to draw you out and into the open. So they want to get you alone, and they're going to use whatever tactic is necessary, and they like to mimic the voice of a loved one who's already been killed. Yeah, you can't see my face right now, but it sounds like if you could picture what this right here sounds like. Ooh, that's that's how I'm feeling about that. You know, it kind of reminds me of like a panther. You know, like yeah. a panther will will scream out like a like a woman or something. Yeah, not like a loved a one, child. I guess. But yeah, and and you go out there and then you get eaten. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, hey, help, help, and you go out there and. Hey, I'm coming. I'm coming to help you. It's my wife, Stephanie, out there. I'm the IT guy. <laughs> and then you're dead. Dead. Yikes. These things sound terrifying. They are. They're, you're going to have nightmares, so be prepared. Yeah, I'm going to have some nightmares. And they're also able to possibly control the weather. We're not 100% sure on this, but we keep hearing things mentioning that they can summon ice storms or high winds. And in my mind, all I can think of is like, you're in the woods, all of a sudden this deep, dense fog starts blowing in, and then you hear voices from people that are maybe no longer with you, and you're like, 
what is happening, and then you see this 10-foot-tall creature that looks like some sort of dead deer on two legs stalking towards you. This like this thing makes like its own environment. Yeah. Like it'll make the whole environment. Yeah, it's making your whole death scene. And it makes it it I I would assume it always makes it this terrifying too. Yeah. Like of course it is. It's gonna be foggy and you're not gonna hear it sneak up behind you and it's gonna move on you like a wind. Yeah. And before you know it, you're a dead ass. Yeah. Hundred percent. It's incredible. And they also say that they can control forest animals. So they can summon, like, in the same picture that I just painted for you, what if they summon, like, wolves to chase you into an area? Or if they summon, I don't even know, rabid squirrels coming for you. Yeah, you know, squirrels are a big thing around here. Yeah. (laughs) And the dogs, like, they... You don't like these squirrels. Maybe. Right. Maybe. Maybe it's a Wendigo. Yeah, and my guys. thing, too, is like. And these things do it all, right? They yeah. just kind of do it all of it. And, and like the Native Americans to come up with this legend, I guess. Um, some shit was going on in them woods. Yeah. And they named that shit Wendigo. They did. So I've got a quote, okay? This is from Basil Johnson. She's an Ojibwe teacher and scholar in Ontario, Canada. So she says, a description of the Wendigo from her people's perspective. The Wendigo was gaunt to the point of emaciation. Its desiccated skin pulled tautly over its bones. With its bones pushing out against its skin, its complexion was ash gray of death and its eyes pushed back deep into their sockets. The wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton, recently disinterred from the grave. What lips it had were tattered and bloody. Its body was unclean and suffering from separations of the flesh. Don't know what that word means, but we'll go with it. Giving off a strange and eerie odor of decay and decomp, of death and corruption. This thing sounds like. Excuse me. This thing sounds dark, man. This thing is. This is the stuff of nightmares. This, if. I can't imagine seeing something like this and then being normal afterwards. Well, think about this, okay? You're a little, you're a little Native American girl, okay? Could you? These people, they got the scary legends to tell, yeah. And this is crazy, you know? Yeah. Like, can you imagine being five or six and hearing about the the, the Wendigo? No. Did you sleep at night? Mm. Not me. So the Wendigo, there's some origin tales, like how it came to be. And this is what we were talking about earlier in the episode. Um, so one of the tales is that the first ever Wendigo was once a lost hunter. And during a brutally cold winter, the man's intense hunger drove him to, can you guess? Uh, cannibalism? Ding, 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 ding. You are Yeah. After yeah. feasting on another human's flesh, he transformed into this crazed man-beast, roaming the forest, searching for more victims. 
So the act of eating his fellow hunters turned him into this corrupted creature that could only eat humans. Yeah, now let's see this this started to make a little bit more sense here. You know, like you got the skinny. Yeah. You've got Starving. the uh the uh well fleshed, right? Mm-hmm. It's a it's a human man. But he's a cannibal. Yes. That's a dark thing, right? Oh, super, yeah. So this this makes sense to me. This sounds like a Wendigo right here. Yeah. It's a win to go. So another version of the same story, or maybe it's just a different type of Wendigo. Um, a warrior made a deal with the devil or some sort of dark spirit in order to save his tribe. Uh, maybe during a time of war, maybe during a time of famine, but he gave up his soul, and when he did, he was transformed into this Wendigo, this beast that preyed upon, just so happens, his own tribe he was trying to save. Actually, yeah, that's unfortunate, right? I don't think you read the fine print on that one. So my question, in the Native American language, is Wendigo just mean? Like, what, what came first, the chicken or the egg here? Was it the Wendigo came first or was the word wendigo already there and it meant this thing and so it's attached to these well the wendigo the word wendigo they're saying that it means devourer of men okay so it's kind of like cannibal kind of yeah so maybe it does mean cannibal but when you say the word wendigo it's this it means this creature monster yeah gotcha of legend yeah, I think that I'll be honest with you. I think that that first tale, the one with the the man, the the skinny man, mm-hmm. who was uh, really hungry and decided just to eat people. Yeah, and as crazy you, as it sounds, don't you go crazy if you eat human brains? I, you know, I'm not sure if this is like a rabies kind of situation. Well, I don't I think it, was it a is. Thing, like people aren't supposed to eat other humans because you can contract. I mean, obviously, for, <laughs> for just, I mean, societal reasons, we don't eat each other. But <laughs> if you do, you could get sick from this. So maybe he caught something and he got sick or something. Oh, and he probably looked way more terrifying. But, you know, to answer your question, though, maybe, maybe, maybe it doesn't make you go mad. Because, look, monkeys are kind of similar to us, right? And we, you know, some some folks out there eat monkey brains and stuff, like straight out the thing. This isn't Indiana Jones. No, I know, but it's real. That's real. That's real talk. That's disgusting. There's folks out there that eat monkey brains. Okay, it's gross. I don't want to talk about it. We're like back on the worms again. Like, <laughs> yeah, probably got worms. Uh, well, yeah, if you're eating somebody's, you got worms. Anyway, you've got worms. <laughs> so I'm gonna tell you something that might be super interesting to you. I found this like crazy cool. Um, during my deep dive into Wendigo everything, I came upon Wendigo Psychosis. And I found this document. It's called The Wendigo Psychosis, Psychodynamic Cultural and Social Factors in Aberrant Behavior by Thomas H. Hay, University of Missouri, St. Louis, 1971. Wait, so there's there's people out there like like writing papers about this. Well, this was written in 1971 and it was based on some things that happened in the late 1800s around that time. 
Okay. So, according to this document that I read through, there's two stages in which a person starts to become a Wendigo or experience Wendigo psychosis. They start to get this craziness about them. So, the onset to this whole situation is their, their withdrawal from society and they become very depressed. And it says, quoted, he lies inert, said to be brooding over the possibilities of cannibalism, wanting to eat men and yet afraid. His family around him looks to him like luscious beavers, heavy with fat. Luscious beavers? <laughs> Bro, what's a luscious beaver? A what fat is that even? beaver. Wait, yeah, but what's a fat beaver? They eat wood. Yeah, but in this time period, you know, they were going through like the fur trade and stuff, and they were um, hunting beavers and otters. Oh, so okay. they were skinning them and selling their pelts, and they were eating their meat, so... Gotcha. So like a big fat beaver, bro. <laughs> like nothing else but a luscious beaver could fit right there in the paper in this wonderful paper written luscious beaver. Yes, excellent. Gotcha. Yeah. Why don't you ever call me a luscious beaver? Really? <laughs> what in the world? I call you squirrel. Oh gosh. <laughs> so a luscious beaver though? a t-shirt made that says luscious beaver on it absolutely i'm gonna get me some shorts made on each butt cheek you got luscious, luscious on one side beaver. beaver on the other side who's that oh that's that's big daddy luscious beaver that's that's big beef, <laughs> big beef. <laughs> so he neither again i'm going to quote from this he neither eats nor sleeps or seems to know what's happening okay the next stage, well, let me stop here. So in this stage, he is realizing that he's wanting to eat his family members or this person. Maybe not he, maybe it's she, whatever. Um, he's looking around. He's seeing Grandma Moses and Aunt Ida. Looking like a fat stick of wood. Looking like, <laughs> looking like a, a beaver heavy with fat. Looking yeah. delicious. Just scrum dilly umptious. Yeah. And so the next stage happens, and this is the stage of violence, which can follow immediately, or it can take some time. Yeah, you know, sometimes you got to take a little time before you eat your fellow comrades. So the cannibalistic fantasies start mm -hmm. to, he wants to, the person wants to act these out. And they start as delusions, or they are, um, what is the word I'm thinking of? Uh, when you see things that aren't there. Oh, yeah. Like, uh... Oh, my goodness. Yeah, man, that's just lost here. me as well. You know, this sounds like... Not not to pull away from what you're talking about, but it's this sounds like, like rabies for, like, animals. You know, animals kind of do that thing where they get rabies and then they kind of start going crazy. Yeah, they they start getting a little violent, start acting unnatural. You know, like, animals will just be like... You know, we got this fox running around here. He's kind of acting sus. <laughs> yeah. You know, he he's hanging out in the daylight, and he don't really run when I yell at him. Yeah, starting to kind of wonder about that old boy. Yeah, maybe he got the rabies and start just freaking out and eating stuff. So you're saying you think these people might have had rabies? Uh, I don't know what rabies is like in a human. I don't, I'm not a doctor or anything. I'm just saying animals I get all kind of weird. Think that you 
become a cannibal if you contract rabies. I think you just die. Yeah, no, I don't think you become a cannibal if you get rabies. But <laughs> I'm just saying, like, maybe an animal will rabies eat another fox. You know, maybe a fox will rabies eat another fox. I don't know. So now that this person has realized they want to eat humans, they're starting to have these fantasies and delusions. And they start dreaming about it. And they can't they stop, stop thinking about it. So that's stage, that's stage two. two. The document goes on to say, the desire to eat human beings arises when the would-be cannibal believes, either consciously or unconsciously, that eating human flesh is a means to some further end. So they have this impulse and they can't control it. And they don't realize it. Sometimes they'll verbalize it, sometimes they won't, that eating human flesh is the only way for them to survive. So this is where that psychosis comes in. They're thinking the only way that I can secure nourishment is by eating grandma. So they starve themselves, essentially. They, that's why they, the Wendigo is emaciated and just, you know. Because you can't always just run around eating people. Well, it's like they tried to not eat their family members, so they just starved themselves to the point of they were like, I have to eat something, and I know the only way I can live is if I eat human flesh. Yeah. That's like a Dahmer kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like, he kind of went through all this, too. Um, like, he was kind of crazy, and then, like, he started really thinking about it. He's like, hey, I just want to take some pictures, and then, like, eat you up um <clears throat> the document also goes on to say that culture of the algonquin people affected they they seem to be the only people affected by this psychosis and it may be because the wendigo was such a large part of their culture like part of their stories and so they took on pieces from their legends and I don't know. They just took it and ran with it. <laughs> yeah, I just I just wonder. Like, is there any cannibalism in their culture at all? I mean, you know, like people. No, it's like absolutely not. We're not eating people. It was not allowed. <laughs> well, good. I mean, I'm glad they. Yeah, and they also say something about famine, saying that the the famine of the time period may have caused this Wendigo psychosis. Okay, so maybe, probably, that's that's kind of running with that one story about how this this hungry guy mm -hmm. decided he, he was, was so hungry, legs. he gonna eat his boys' legs, legs, eat his boys' legs, yeah. like a luscious beaver do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so I said previously, but uh, on, the only people affected by the psychosis were from the Canadian Great Lakes and the Northern United States. So Damn. Very, that's pretty isolated. Yeah, a very small amount of people. Um, and then I have another little piece of um, evidence here. So I was looking for some encounters, and there's not many encounters out there. And it makes me think, well, if you come into a Wendigo, if you come around a Wendigo, you're going to die. Like, you're not going to survive. It's not going to happen, you know? 
Yeah, you can't get away. I mean, there's no way. So it was really hard for me to found some encounters, but I did some digging, and I found a document written by the Jesuit missionaries. They're French missionaries that came to that region to share their religion, you know? Yeah, when was this? Um, this Any was, idea? it was in the late 1800s, 1850s, okay. 1860s, 1870s, in those, that age range. So Okay, gotcha. At that time period, not age range. Um, so I'm going to read it verbatim like it's written, and it's, Sometimes it's kind of hard to understand, but I'll do my best to explain what's going on. But I think it's a really good little piece. Okay? Let's hear it. So these French missionaries had went to this village or this town, and they were supposed to be met by some other people. They were supposed to have like a little rendezvous with their crew. What caused this greater concern was the intelligence that met us upon entering the lake, namely the men deputized by our conductor to summon the nations to the North Sea and assigning them a rendezvous where they were to await our coming, had met their death the previous winter in a very strange manner. So they were supposed to meet up with old boys at the rendezvous site, but they had been killed. So they never showed up. Right, and then they figured out what happened to them. These poor men, according to the report given to us, were seized with an ailment unknown to us, but not very unusual among the people that we were seeking. Those are the Native American peoples. Mm, right. They are afflicted with neither lunacy, hypochondria, nor frenzy, but have a combination of all of these diseases which affects their imaginations and causes them a more than canine hunger. That's a lot. Yeah. Listen, Wimpy's got that canine hunger. Yeah. Baby Wimps are puppy hungry. Always hungry. This makes them so ravenous for human flesh that they pounce upon women, children, and even upon men like veritable werewolves. Throwback mm. to episode one where we talked about those werewolves and where that where did they come from, Trev? Oh yeah, where they come France, from? right? Yeah. So the French people they know yeah. about werewolves. That are did they bring them over? <gasps> what if these are just werewolves? What if the Wendigo is just a werewolf? It eats other things, humans. It can move fast. You can't hear it coming. And it can summon animals. You know how werewolves do. <laughs> Beavers. I mean, I like. I mean, it is a cool thought to that these were just werewolves that came over, and the Native American people were like, "Hey, we know how to deal with this. Yeah, we'll treat you like our Wendigos." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've seen this. But isn't this terrifying? I mean, this was a document written. From these missionaries in a ledger that was translated for us to read, whatever. It's a free site yeah. and you can go to. There's a whole bunch of them over. I mean, they write about every encounter they have. But this was just one of them. Yeah, I think that's what's like most surprising. I mean, I'm not like a, I mean, I'm a little bit of a skeptic, you know. Yeah. But uh, everybody's right about these things. Everybody's right about this stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? And people don't just like, I'm just going to think something up. I'm laying in my bed at night thinking about awful, awful stuff. You know, I'm going to write this down in the morning. No. Stuff that they experienced. Mm -hmm. 
And that's why they're writing this stuff down. And that's what's terrifying because that just adds this whole, like, realness to it. Yeah. An extra layer of creep. Yeah. And, yeah. So, they call them werewolves. Without being, without, without being able to appease or glut their appetite. So, they were ever seeking fresh prey. And the more greedily, the more they eat. So, again... Back, this is the same document I'm just reading on how they're describing what happens to these men. But we talked about how they would eat and eat and eat. They couldn't, and they would grow larger. Remember when we were describing them in that very beginning? Right. This ailment attacked our deputies, and as death is the sole remedy among those simple people for checking such acts of murder, they were slain in order to stay the course of their madness. Damn. Death is the sole remedy. Yeah, the only way to stop them so is they to were, kill them. So from what I'm hearing is they found these people. Yes. And they laid eyes on them. Yes. And the only way that they could to to cure these folks was just it straight up just kill them. Yes. Jeez, man, it's not from hunger, right? Because they had already been eaten up. Were they eating people the whole time? They came down with this ailment, and then they started, they couldn't get enough food. And then they turned their sights to women and children and men, and they could, their appetite couldn't be appeased. Gotcha. Well, see, like, like I said, I'm not like a skeptic or anything, but I'm always trying to figure out, like, how to get here. You know, how did we get here? Yeah. I don't know. How did these folks get here? Just a small Supernatural. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> you did great. Thanks. So, um I have a I have a person who was considered to have the Wendigo psychosis and he was a plains tree trapper from Alberta, Canada and his name was Swift Runner. And this is 1878-1879. Previously he was a deputy for this area, so he was a lawman. Uh, he was a married father of six, and his tribe was struggling. They couldn't; they were having a difficult time finding food, and there was they were experiencing a famine. The Cree people were suffering. His eldest son dies of starvation. Wow! Yeah. So mm. Swift decides to become a Wendigo. Wait a minute! It says he succumbs to Wendigo psychosis. Okay, so he didn't like the side too. It just happens to him. So I yeah. guess he went through the stages. He started thinking about, man, these my children are looking good. My wife looks like a luscious beaver. Oh I'm about to carve them up. And then he goes through stage two, and he's having these delusions. And he's like, the only way that I can survive is if I eat them. I have to survive. And the only way to do that is to kill my family and eat them. This man had rabies. No doubt about it. This Which is crazy. So he succumbs to this Wendigo psychosis, but there was food available at the Hudson Bay Company post. And it was a trading post. And it was 25 miles from his shelter, from his homestead. Mm. So in my mind. He wasn't starving. Why was his kid not eating? Why, why wouldn't you guys take a trek over? Is it because they weren't allowed in? Was it like something like that? Or 
Do they not have enough money to trade for goods? I don't know. So where was the where was the food post? Uh, the Hudson Bay, you said? Hudson Bay Company post, yeah. What if there was like some stuff going on at the time to where like Swift Runner, I'm imagining he's like, that sounds like a Native American name, maybe? Yeah, he is Native okay. American. He's a Cree. So maybe there was like some conflict going on, like, oh, you can't eat our food. You're Native American. Yeah, some sort of like You know how bigotry. them white folks are. Yeah. Me too. I just mean I'm white. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and after this, after he went to, or excuse me, he didn't go anywhere because he was like, eh, I just want to eat my kids. He killed the rest of his family, all of them. And so he ends up eating his kids and wife. Yes. Um, he was arrested after this. And as soon as they caught him or captured him. What do you lock somebody up? For murder? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Sorry. Oh, uh, Okay. So they capture him, and he confessed. He says, I did it. And he was executed at Fort Saskatchewan. Who who captured him? It doesn't say. I mean, this is from 1878. I just so. wonder if, like, uh, if this is, like, inter-tribe stuff. Like, the other tribes people well, caught him eating up on his wife and kids. That leads yeah. me into my next guy. His name is Jack Fiddler, and he was a well-known, I, I can't pronounce that. He was a Cree chief and a medicine man, and he was known for his ability to defeat Wendigo creatures. And even mentions he killed up to 14. And Jack said that other medicine men from rivaling tribes could create Wendigos, and they could send a Wendigo. He said, I've had Wendigos sent after me. Hmm. Um. And Jack was kind of he was the medicine man of his tribe. He was a great, per a great healer, well known. So everybody came to him. He was often called by his other tribes members to kill very sick people before they would turn into these Wendigos. So when they were going through that stage of where I'm not going to eat anything, and everybody's looking tasty, but I don't want to act on it, and they were starving themselves, yeah. he would come and he would kill them. Yeah, that's wild that they were so terrified of people turning into Wendigos that, I mean, you know, like sick folks, you know, they start getting real skinny. Yeah. They kind of stop eating. Yeah. And they, 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 it was so common, at least to them, that they, they thought that their loved ones would turn into Wendigos. And kill and, their families. Maybe that's how he got his uh, his his little kill ratio up, though. You know, yeah. maybe he's saying I killed all these Wendigos, but actually they were just like real sick folks. Yes. Well, other people thought the same thing. Uh, Jack's own brother was killed after he supposedly turned into a Wendigo when he ran out of food during a hunting trip. So they're just calling everybody Wendigos. Well, he ate someone. Okay, what's up with that? Yeah, what's up around eating each other out there? I don't know. What's going? On? Is that? Uh, Jack was arrested because of all of these, you know, mercy killings, and he he was killed. Um, I can't recall if 
I do know that he was exonerated. They were like, Jack, you're free. Uh, good on you. Thank you for saving us from the Wendigos. But he either died in jail of sickness right before or they executed him and they didn't tell the people. Like, there was a miscommunication. But he was exonerated. They just, it didn't save his life. He still died. And yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, they just let him die in there. Old Jack the Ripper. Well, so, Jack Fiddler. <laughs> Something like that yeah. happened. I wonder if he got Wendigo from all that. Maybe. Well, I say Wendigo like it's a an ailment to get. Well, Wendigo psychosis, like I said, I mean, this is an actual document. They they no longer use Wendigo psychosis. It was just like a term used in the time period. But uh, I was about to say, it is this still something like that happened? Famine, cannibalism. You starve, you become starving, and you have to you have to survive. Jeez, man, I, I wouldn't have made it back then. No. Wouldn't have made it back then. I, I don't know if I could eat somebody. And it looked like a big old luscious beaver, but I ain't no Wendigo. Mm-mm. I can't eat nobody. Mm-mm. You know? I don't want to. Like I have a hard hard enough time like just buying like red meat yeah. and like chicken and like the grocery store. Yeah. I'm with you. So how do you how do you decide one day that like like sometimes you know textures, Amen. you know how I am. Like I eat a piece of chicken, and if it's just slightly different, I can't eat chicken for a minute. Like I can't even finish what I'm eating. Right? No, I trust me. I trust me. I don't know. <laughs> Everything I eat has to be like burned to a crisp. So would they would they cook it? Or just eat it raw. See, I don't think it's it's nothing about cooking and excuse me cooking and then eating it's just you're attacked and they just eat you and the act of like biting a carrot they say is like a human finger like you having a bite your carrot is like the strength it would take for you to bite into like something you know yeah but your fingers are kind of like snap peas okay a normal like a normal finger yeah a normal finger like a carrot but like i can't bite my finger i couldn't bite somebody else's finger off and eat it Oh my gosh, that is a wild Especially thought. especially a finger, like the like germs. A chunk of arm, like arm meat. What's it taste like? I don't know. I feel like I'm having these Wendigo thoughts. Oh my gosh. Now I'm kinda wondering. <laughs> maybe I'm maybe I'm starting to get it. Disclaimer, please do not talk about cannibalism too often. You may experience Wendigo psychosis. That's what happened to these people. They were talking about it too much. We talked about it too much. Yeah. It's like, stop talking it's like about me it. with anything. Yeah. You talk about it too much. I got you it. got it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I do have some possible sightings to tell you about. And this one's pretty cool because there is a video on YouTube. You can look it up. And a series of howls and shrieks were recorded in the Canadian wilderness by a hunter. And it has other hunters and government biologists kind of they don't really know. They, they don't have enough evidence to say what it is. So Gino Mikus was out hunting grouse with his wife and his grandson in the forests of northwestern Ontario, more than 50 kilometers from the closest town, when they heard a series of noises in the distance. When it let out its first scream, I thought it was a moose. But my mind changed when it screamed again and again, Mikus told Vice. 
So, a resident of the Sioux Lookout, Minkus is an avid hunter. He's grown accustomed to the sights and sounds of the region. Moose, black bear, wolves, and relatively the common sights of the backcountry. The moose scream? Well, they make that like... Like a cow, I imagine. You know how cows like to do stuff? Yeah. What the world? So it kind of sounded like, no. Well, kind of, I guess. He said, I thought it was a moose. Yes, but then his his thoughts changed. But it's not. Yeah. Yeah. He says, I've heard many different animals in the wild, but nothing like this. I grew up hunting with my grandfather for the first 12 years of my life, he said. The growls initially came from the distance, but soon they appeared to move closer and closer, said Mikas. We could hear it moving. It sounded kind of heavy, Mikas told the news. But my wife, she got scared. She picked up her grandson and started walking towards the vehicle. Walking fast. Let me add that. So this is more recent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's talking about a vehicle. So as the group retreated, Mikas pulled out his phone and began recording the howls as his grandson was trying to mimic them. No, you don't mimic them. No. You know, you don't mimic Spooky. No. You let Spooky just do its thing, and you run, and you just leave. Yes. So the video is posted on YouTube, and it's got like half a million views. And some say they thought it was a grizzly bear, but experts say they don't live in the area. And then some are like, maybe it's wolves, but it's hard to tell. But, I mean, Mikas, he's a hunter, and he grew up in the area, and he's saying that I've never heard a scream like that. And we know now that we've learned about the Wendigos. They can mimic screams. They can mimic human voices. They can, um, they're just trying to draw you in. Yeah, so, but it's weird that, like, it didn't get him. No, they got in their car and they left. Before it got close enough, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So that where's this? Where's this at? It's in Ontario. So it's yeah, it's right in the same place there. Yeah, it matches the region. Right. Yeah. I've got another one that's a little more spooky. I think you'll like this one. I don't know. I just want to say though, I think the normalcy about that one that you just went through is the most spooky. Yeah, because that just sounds like you know that could happen to anybody. Yeah. And how do you know what you're hearing is something? I guess if I mean, like I said, he's a he's a avid hunter, and uh, he's gonna know the the noises that he he knows. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. If I hear a scream in the woods, I'm not picking up my phone. I'm gonna keep from crapping my pants, and I'm gonna run as fast as I can possibly run. If Taylor was here. She would talk about right, you know, wearing her jetpack and flying through the woods. Oh yeah, I've heard about the jetpack. Yeah, yeah. blasting off. She'd blast right through the woods. Getting out of there. Yeah, she'd be gone. <laughs> Just flying through the wilderness. Hoop and sweat everywhere after that. <laughs> oh my god. Launch. <sighs> Disgusting. Oh, it's silly though. So I have another one. So this is from pararesearchers.org. And this is a um, encounter written by, I guess, a person. So I'm just going to read it verbatim how they wrote it. I would like to report a sighting and experience I had last year. 
It was about February 2015. I'm not sure what county it was, but it was farmland right outside Wimbledon, North Dakota. I was in my car with my husband, and we were driving back to Wimbledon from a friend's house. It was around 6 or 7 p.m. We got into a fight, and I wanted to get out of the car. So he drove off. Trevor, if we ever get in a fight, and you drive off in the middle of the night? That's saying something. That's taking a stand, you know, like, I ain't put up with this. Quit Quit arguing with me. Shut up. But my thing, too, is like, where'd you get out? I don't know why. She took the step to get out of the car. Well, he stopped the car. What if he couldn't get her back in the car? All right, this is. I'd leave too. Middle of the night. You go get back in the car. I'm gone. To disagree that this isn't healthy. Yeah, they got into a fight and he just drove off. Not healthy. Okay, so he drove off and she started walking. After five minutes, I turned and saw approximately 50 feet away, laying on its back in the snow, was a very tall, very thin creature. It noticed me. It stood up. I don't like this. I felt extremely scared, and something told me not to look at it and don't run. And all I can think is maybe she thought it was a bear or a dog or something because they say don't run from bear and don't run from dogs. I just because it, it, it initiates that prey drive. Hold shoulder, walk away. Yeah, pretend like you didn't see it. And be bigger. Yeah. So it noticed me and stood up. Yikes. I kept walking at a faster pace and I was crying and I screamed over and over, Leave me alone, just leave me alone. I looked over my shoulder a couple of times and it was still standing there, just staring at me. I heard a very, I could hear, I heard a very heavy, loud breathing as if it were right up next to me. So she could hear it. It just moved on it real quick like that. Something. Or was it still standing where it was and she could just hear breathing yeah, like it was there? she could just hear it. Hmm. From what I saw, it would have been about 10 feet tall. It kind of hunched over. It was very thin. It had extremely long pointed fingers and toes and it had a bit a little bit of shaggy hair on its head it was a white grayish color and it had an open thin mouth with long sharp teeth about 10 minutes after walking down the road terrified and screaming at it my husband came back and he picked me up huh. uh thank you in time <laughs> i mean if he didn't i think she we wouldn't know about this yeah even if it wasn't a wendigo it could have been some sort of thing sounds like a werewolf oh my gosh what if this Wendigos sounds... are werewolves? I'm telling you. Long, sharp teeth, mouth open wide, breathing heavy, grayish in color, 10 feet tall, pointed finger, little, little shaggy bit of hair. This sounds like a werewolf. So I told him about it. I was hysterical. He floored it, and we got home. I had no idea what it was, but I was telling my sister about the encounter, and she told me she had the same encounter three years prior. First of all, well, how can you keep that to yourself? Yeah, so she never told her sister about this? Yeah. This also seems like a pretty convenient way to stop an argument. You know, like, I feel like you would just, like, jump back in the car and be like, I just saw there's a, a damn werewolf back there. <laughs> <laughs> like, boom, argument's over with. We're getting Taco Bell. <laughs> like, we're getting Taco Bell, we're getting McDonald's chicken nuggets, and we're going straight home. 
and we're just going to talk about this and hash this thing out. <laughs> like, the argument's over with at that point. Yeah, because who are fighting werewolves at that point? Something. <laughs> so, she didn't know what it was, and so she started doing a bunch of research, and she came upon some Native American legends and saw some pictures of Wendigos. And she says that these pictures so closely resemble the thing that she saw that she is like, that was a Wendigo. I'm going to look up what a Wendigo looks like. I think I need to see this thing. That way I can, I mean, wow. It was nasty. All right. I've got one more for you. What? The, hold on. The sister. Yeah. She seen the same thing. Well, she says she did. Or is it one of those things where it's like I saw it too? Oh, is she a younger sister? Maybe doesn't say. She's maybe. She's yeah, like, that sounds I, like a younger sister thing. I've already seen it. Yeah, I've totally already seen that. Old news. Old news, me. Me and my friends riding on four-wheelers, watching Wendigos, just chill. Oh, you've never seen one of those before? Yeah, they're called Wendigos. Look it up. Duh. Huh. I think Sister Sussy, I think that maybe she did, maybe she didn't see something as well. But old girl probably won't be jumping out of any cars anytime soon. And again, that's kind of in the same area, right? Yeah. North Dakota. Yeah, that's right outside the... And this is a pretty recent deal. Yeah, 2015, right? Is that what you said? Yeah. Man, how come I've never heard about this? Because nobody speaks about them. Because if you talk about them too much, they're going to come visit you. Oh, that's right. You're not supposed to talk about them. Mm -mm. We're doing a whole lot of talking tonight, so lock your doors. (laughs) Hide your dogs. Hide your dogs. (laughs) All All right. So this one is from Michigan Pines Barren Institute. Um, And this is another uh, encounter. A couple years back, I was visiting the park in my village with my brother. We'd only been there for around 20 minutes when he stopped in the middle of a sentence and looked up into the branches of the old oak behind me. I heard a branch break and turned around too. Unfortunately, I only caught the tail of the creature, seeing a pale, long, and uncomfortably thin leg before it seemed to vanish behind the wide trunk. Despite most of the leaves being already gone. So they saw this emaciated leg, or he did. In a tree, climbing it? Yeah. I asked my brother what he had seen, but he seemed too disturbed too disturbed to answer. We decided to go back on our bikes and head home. When we got back, he described the creature to me. He said it was pale, emaciated human, with giant bluish eyes that took up most of, most of its face, other than a flat nose and thin lips. Oh, this didn't even help so this poor guy. Creepy. What if it was just some like some starving old man climbing trees with a tail? <laughs> <laughs> what old people are you seeing, Trevor? Uh, you know, like a big, big long ponytail or something. Uh, I can't. <laughs> hey, boys. That's even more terrifying. I'd rather it be a Wendigo than some creepy old man stalking children. Y'all got any brains down there? Giant blue eyes. Like glowing blue eyes. And my thoughts, like, they always say red, but maybe it was blue because they, maybe he thought they were blue because they were just so sunken in. Yeah. 
I don't know. Where was this at? Just says my village. Um, it was also I don't have the exact location on this one. It was just an encounter that I found. So it's limbs. He goes to say that his limbs were vastly disproportionate to the rest of his body. So they hung. His arms and legs were super long and spindly. And he moved incredibly quick on the brittle branches. A few of which shouldn't have been able to hold its weight. It looked down at him. It blinked. And it moved so quickly it seemed to disappear. So that's another thing. They move like the wind, you know. Mm -hmm. He was in and out. And they kind of they kind of hover too, so yes. no wonder the branch didn't break because it wasn't even. Yeah, it's fitting all the box. It's ticking all the boxes. Yeah, this boy sounds like uh, sounds Wendigo-ish. Yeah. So at the time, this person had been dating someone who was super into like super paranormal things, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, let me see." They Googled it, and they found that. I'm, hold on. What are you googling? Well, they probably just typed in the description of what they saw. I saw this thin, long-legged thing with dark, sunken eyes and just creepy stuff. And they said, Wendigo. And then it, the last part says, I haven't seen anything unusual at the park besides the occasional mauled squirrel. But I chalk that up to dogs. Oh, mauled squirrels are not occasional. No, I've never even you don't seen just, that. You don't just slip up on a mauled squirrel. I would not be in this village for very long. I would be. I'm skipping. I'm getting out of here. Audi. Especially with something like uh, they're talking about happened. This old man with a tail. Oh, that God, tail. Stop saying old man with a tail. <laughs> uh, the picture in my it, mind is so bad. Creep it around the trees. Come here, little boy. Got any brains for me, boys? brains they're not zombies i don't know i don't know i just feel like just like cannibalism flesh. gosh like little zombies but they don't want brains. humans are just like you know we're gonna just i mean how As much of the meat looking at his arm staring at it yeah i'm just trying to figure out like how much meat's actually like good meat <laughs> you might not wake up tomorrow from cannibalism You're a creep. <laughs> so, Trev, you uh, do you want to tell us how to survive a Wendigo? Yeah, well, I say like the 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 easiest thing to do. Well, don't talk about them. Right, don't talk about them. I've got a little a little stuff. For yeah, you. it sounds. It's. I can tell you how to survive a Wendigo yeah, encounter. This is, uh, Taylor gave you this to read, so. Good. All right. Let's. All right. So here we go. This is how you survive a Wendigo encounter. Running from a Wendigo seems like the best option. I mean, it's a fucking monster trying to eat you. That's <laughs> real, real talk. Finding shelter seems like the most obvious thing to do. But the Wendigo won't stop. Just because you've locked the door, these creatures are said to be super smart and can open doors fairly easily. Which is disgusting. <laughs> they also have a lot of stamina, so they don't give up. So they can they can jimmy a door. Yeah. Just take that long, spindly finger and stick it in there. Also, they're super strong. They can just bust down that door. But I think they like to play with us a little bit. So what's more terrifying, oh. busting that door down or just... Like an animal playing with it. Like a cat playing and a mouse with a little situation. Victim. Yeah. yeah. 
There are many legends that talk about how a Wendigo has a frozen heart. And that makes sense with the blue eyes. Yeah. Its heart is supposed to be the best way to take it down. Though the most common uh, way to do this is to drive a silver stake or bullet right through its heart. Again, back to that Wendigo werewolf. Um, they actually said that silver wasn't a big deal, I don't think. Or maybe it was a big deal, I can't remember. So maybe that's the mix-up all this time. Maybe. Wendigos were the silver thing, and not the werewolves. werewolves were just like, cut their heads off, burn them. Yeah, so maybe we should have just been doing the whole silver oh, no. bullet and stake thing. If you come across a Wendigo, you're not going to have an arsenal of silver weaponry. Yeah, like, hold up. Man. Let me go get my. I got a silver stake back here. It has a uh, tire iron that I have plated in silver just for Wendigo. You're right, yeah. It's my bust out in case of Wendigo. Yeah. First, you have to take the shattered Wendigo heart and lock it inside a silver box. Yeah, so you gotta have a lot of stuff. Next on Sisterhood of Secrets, we will be selling our new Wendigo killing kit. Comes with all the silver necessities you'll need. I, this sounds like a scam. Bye now. Next, bury the box in a graveyard that's attached to, to a holy church. Ground. Okay, okay, yeah. The, the church thing. So, is this a demon or is this not a demon? Like, is this person possessed by a demon? Because if you're eating people, you're transforming, you get all these magical powers, you're hovering. It seems demonic to me. Yeah, but I mean, there's good guys out there with good powers, right? These people eat people, Trevor. Yeah, well, okay, I'm not talking about, like, these people. I'm just saying, like, people with superpowers ain't always got to be a demon, right? Do you know somebody with superpowers? I indulge. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. Oh, my gosh. Okay, okay. Before you head to the graveyard, though, use an axe with a silver plate plating to chop off the Wendigo's limbs and head. Yeah, you gotta dismember this thing. I'm just saying, though, like, like... overkill. Well, the thing is, listen, somebody sees you chopping up limbs and heads off things, Yeah, you're going straight to jail. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And if it ain't human, DNR's gonna get you. <laughs> you're going to jail. Don't chop nothing. How do you fix this? Do you call DNR? Yeah, I got this animal. Call the police. Call DNR. Call firefighters. EMS. Get everybody <laughs> out there. Everybody. Because this 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 thing is either a man who needs a lot of help. Yes. EMS and fire are going to be there. Yep. Or he's a man who's already killed somebody and eaten people. Yeah. Cops. He goes straight to jail. Straight to jail. Straight to jail. <laughs> or, or, or it's a big old animal that needs to be, you know, something needs to be done with this animal. Whether it's got rabies or maybe it just needs to be rehomed. You know, we put it, yeah, we put it in the shelter. You know, get it rehomed. Somebody's going to take care of this Wendigo. DNR is going to be there. Scoop them up. Call the animal folks, the animal shelter. Hey, get a Wendigo up here. Come get them. <laughs> but you don't need to be out there slicing and dicing because you go straight to jail. Straight to jail. Straight to jail. <laughs> uh, finally, you salt the body, burn it until it's ash. And let the wind scatter the remains. Did somebody come up with this? 
Is this like <laughs> Taylor put this together? Is this for like you. <laughs> Wendigos for Dummies? Yeah, there's a book Wendigo for Dummies. Yeah, this sounds you know Taylor, smart gal, but uh, this whole thing seems like it's a lot. This is a lot. This would be a lot to do in, you know, I figure you got 30, 45 minutes before somebody's like, where's Taylor? She's out in the yard dismembering an animal and looking for silver to melt down to make a box. And, like, it turns out it's just a beaver. You know, like, stop stop doing that to that beaver. Gosh. Awful. So is uh, this the only way to kill one? This sounds like it's every way to kill anything. You're right. You know what I'm saying? Like if you do this, anything that you're killing is dead. True. It seems like a lot. I agree. And I don't know about the silver stuff, but what's the deal with silver? Why is that even brought up all the time? Yeah, maybe what's the deal with silver? Maybe it's a- like a thought of like as a pure metal. Gotcha. So they're just like killing it with purity. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a whole lot. Sounds like a whole lot. Um all right, so uh legend also says you can just stay very, very still and hopefully it won't see you. Really? The legends say it. Well, maybe it's again like. I you know, know why they're legends? Because there ain't nobody to tell it. <laughs> well, it's not like a written story. It's a legend. Do you know and it's how because they stood there and stared at this thing. And listen. Go for maybe it. Maybe the reason why, if you stay very still, like those people who are recording it, they didn't run from it and it didn't attack them. They just recorded it and they stood there. And it, they, they survived their encounter. And maybe the reason why the woman wasn't attacked in the previous things I mentioned is because she didn't run from it. She just slowly walked away. And so, like, maybe maybe it's because their eyes aren't as good. You know, uh, this is the Wendigos apparently have poor, poor eyesight. Yeah. But you should never look them in the eye. Like, how are they going to know if you look them in the eye? You're not going to read the the rest of that? What, like a T-Rex, but smaller and rotten looking? <laughs> like a rotten looking T-Rex? Yeah. You know. Do they have little arms? I don't know. <laughs> no, this Taylor's short hand. Oh, like, yeah, that's, that's, if she was a Wendigo, sure, she'd kind of look like a T-Rex with those little T-Rex arms sticking out. Just, <laughs> and you know, her hands are like the size of dimes. They just... Like, you know, that commercial, yeah. you know, with Burger the, King. yeah, it's a Burger King with the, the little hands. He's just got these little hands. <laughs> Sorry, our dog is having a party in the background. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, so she, she, she used to never look at him in the eye because they can see you, but they can't see far. Kind of bass backwards there, <laughs> bass backwards. That says um, ass backwards, not bass. I know. I realize. I I can. Yeah. Um, another way. 
is set it on fire, you know? <laughs> Keep those matches on you. Well, that seems more favorable. I mean, light her up and you're gone. There's no silver boxes. There's no silver sticks. There's no silver anything. But I don't carry a lighter. I guess it's easier to carry a lighter than it would be a silver box. Well, maybe if you have a survival kit in your car, you should have matches in there. Okay, but it says stand still. Hold on a second. I'll be right back. I'm going to go run to the car real quick, grab my matches and lighter and my fire starter stick. Also, if you throw a match at something, it's not going to set into flames. Jeez, Winifred. So, all right. Did Tanner come up with these? No. She has not thought this through. This is how people die. You don't think about it, and then you're in the situation. Bam, you're dead. You know what I'm saying? Surviving a Wendigo attack isn't likely. Right. Thank you, Taylor. It doesn't mean it's <laughs> good insight there. It doesn't mean it's impossible. But you honestly may not want to survive after learning about the side effects. Oh. It may be a little bit, uh, maybe a little more than just conjecture, since Wendigo attack survivors are practically impossible to find. Yeah, I mean that's, that's kind of what you've already said. Yeah, there's nobody that gives like a first-hand experience of dealing with these things because they're all dead. Or they've gone insane. Mm, they caught it. Caught the insane. Mm -hmm. So it says this isn't a treatable type of insanity. Your your mind will be become completely vacant. All thoughts are gone due to the exposure of such a powerful supernatural creature. Yeah. So you're just like zombified. Like in a comatose. Yeah. Blank stare. Yes. But don't look at that person in the eyes. No. Or talk about any of this stuff around them. Mm -mm. Uh, liable to get up, eat ya. Mm -hmm. So remember, kids, when faced with a Wendigo encounter, don't make noise, don't move, and whatever you do, do not make eye contact. Also, invest in a shit ton of silver and fucking matches <laughs> oh and keep God. it in your pocket everyday carry that stuff you know edc everyday carry oh my gosh keep them in uh the, your wendigo well my thing is if you live in these areas you might want to keep some wendigo stuff yeah if you live in northern because, north america or south yeah, one, canada then southern canada yeah, the one thing you said, 2015. Yeah, it's creepy. This thing ain't gone. No. It's just hanging around. Waiting. Waiting. Mmm, spooky. Yeah. Well, did you enjoy our little Wendigo chit-chat? Yeah, this is good. Uh, Wendigos sound terrifying, and, um, you know, you can mark that off the, the map. Place. Uh, you want to visit? Yeah, not going to visit there anytime soon. Maybe if we have our weaponry stocked and ready. Yeah, we'll have to get with Taylor to make sure she can, you know. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like she keeps this stuff on tap, even though, you know, we're nowhere near there. Yeah, she's but, prepared. Right. <laughs> she 
good. You know, it's always good to be prepared for. All right, guys. Creepy old man with a ponytail. <laughs> well, we'll be back to our regular scheduled programming next week, and Taylor will be back with us. But I hope you enjoyed a little bit of commentary from the IT guy who makes this run, or makes this run smoothly. So. Um, I guess. Again, uh, we appreciate everyone who has liked and followed us on social media. We do encourage you to follow us, though, on your podcast listening platforms. We really would like to see who's out there listening. And again, please reach out to us. Email us. Everything's in our link tree on our Instagram and Facebook. So we'll see you later. Bye. Make sure you follow us on our Instagram account, sisterhood underscore of underscore secrets, and our Facebook page, Sisterhood of Secrets. If you would like to share any of your spooky or unexplained encounters, email us at sisterhoodsecrets1 at gmail. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Bye for real.